This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you could have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. This is America Changed Forever. I'm Jeff Begay's filling in for Gil Gross. On this edition of America Changed Forever from CBS News Radio, it is time to travel again. As the nation emerges from the pandemic, Americans are hitting the roads taking to the skies, and even cruising again. But it hasn't all been smooth sailing. In the skies, clashes over masks with flight attendants caught in the middle. On this episode, we're going to look at some of the pitfalls ahead if you are planning your summer travel or are already on the road this holiday weekend. I was at a Hilton hotel about three weeks ago that had that was open, but had no housekeeping staff. Travel expert Peter Greenberg is with us. Also, we'll hear from Taylor Garland, who represents the flight attendants in the sometimes not-so-friendly skies. What we've seen is over 3,000 incidents just this year of unruly passengers. And so we are on track to beat every other year in the past with unruly incidents. And finally, AAA on traveling by car. What's with the price of gas? We're forecasting now for this Independence Day five-day weekend period, 47.7 million Americans are going to be traveling. We're starting with Peter Greenberg, who's won multiple Emmys for his work as an investigative reporter and producer. As a frontline travel news journalist, he serves as the travel editor for CBS News, appearing on CBS This Morning. So, Peter, I traveled across the country, well, to the Midwest, last week and you know i have made the transition in my personal life from gasoline to ev however when i traveled to the midwest i had a rental car and i got the unpleasant shock of my life when i saw the price of gas what is going on well everything is going on meaning that you have law supply and demand issues with rental cars, you have lost supply and demand issues with gasoline, um, and you have huge intense demand on the part of the public, and that intersection creates the chaos. Uh, you know, I saw rental car rates recently in Florida for a small Kia that, that went out at $441 a day. Now, if you do the math, you could lease that Kia for four months for the, for the price of what they're going to cost you for a day. Uh, and that didn't include, and here comes the whammy, the mileage charges, the drop-off fees, and the draconian refueling charges that the company was going to charge you if you didn't bring back the car with a tank full. And they were charging about $11 a gallon just to refuel the car. So your your car rental was basically the, town, the down payment on a house. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for reminding me of that. <laughs> I'd sort of gotten over it, but uh, our conversation, I'm sure, is uh, bringing it all back. And it... 
Well, I guess for those traveling this holiday weekend and over the summer, what are they going to face as America opens up again uh, at the airports, for example? Which, okay, so I've traveled on planes as well, and the airports to me, they seem packed too. Oh, they don't just seem packed, they are packed. And the real problem is, of course, compounded by staffing. Staffing shortages on every level. At the airline level, based on pilots, counter agents, gate agents, uh, frontline people, uh, security people, meaning TSA, uh, they're 6,000 agents short. And they knew that months ago. They even announced it. The problem is, where do you find everybody to come back? The airlines furloughed about 30% of their employees, some of which are coming back, some of which are not. And even when they do come back, they're not coming back fast enough. At the TSA level, you've got to, first of all, find the 6,000 new agents that they need. Then you got to hire them. Then you got to train them. By the time that's over, you can kiss summer goodbye. So nothing's going to be happening at the very moment it's needed the most. And I hate to sort of tick through this list of unfortunate travel issues, but... You know, it's something that I have to do here because another industry that we haven't touched on yet is the cruise line industry. It really got hit during the pandemic. It did. But here's the irony. We all remember those terrible optics of cruise ships being quarantined in Yokohama, other cruise ships with sick and dying passengers on board that were not even allowed to dock to discharge their passengers or treat them. Uh, Those are indelible images that don't fade away easily. At the same time, Uh, When they had the no-sale order for any cruise line based in the U.S., the cruise lines then got got to work to comply with about 74 different new procedures and protocols that were imposed on them by the CDC, which included not just changing their dining hours or get rid or or revising what the you know the traditional buffet, but physical design changes, floor plan changes, timing and schedule changes, and of course building in quarantine and, and isolation areas in case someone tested positive. How do you isolate them? trace them, et cetera. Well, they did all that. Then they went one step further. And here's the interesting irony. Uh, With the exception of the states of Florida and Texas, uh, the cruise lines basically are requiring people to show proof of vaccination before they're allowed on the cruise. Their crews have to be vaccinated and their officers have to be vaccinated. So the real irony here is we're dealing in most cases with 100% vaccination compliance on cruise ships, which essentially makes them the safest place to be right now. Uh, Now, I mentioned Florida and Texas, That's another issue where you have the governor of Florida and legislation that will actually fine a cruise line $5,000 per incident if they require a passenger to show proof of vaccination as a, you know, the cost of getting on board the ship. Uh, Same thing going on in Texas. So the cruise lines have a choice here, which the states can't control. And that is they can literally move their assets. And instead of sailing out of Fort Lauderdale, they can sail out of Charleston. Instead of sailing out of Galveston, they can sail out of New Orleans. And so they're looking at that as an option. But in the meantime, to sort of beat the, the, the states at their own game playing by the new rules, uh, Royal Caribbean, for example, is saying, if you want to get on the ship, all right, we can't make you show proof of vaccination, but we can make you show proof of health insurance. So one way or the other, they're going to make it difficult for people who are not vaccinated to get on that ship. Proof of health insurance? Well, sure, because it's a liability issue for the cruise line. They just want to let people, and by the way, you, you can't go to the Turks and Caicos, you can't go to Costa Rica or many other Caribbean locations unless you actually show proof of insurance as well. So this is not a new thing. Wow. So I don't want to completely bum people out as they dig into their barbecue this weekend and plan on traveling this summer, hoping to resume their normal travel schedule heading 
uh, into the rest of the year. So let's talk about positive things about the travel industry right now and maybe some areas where you think that they could find deals. Well, you know, once again, we're, we're, we're confronted with great irony here. The best deals right now happen to be to Europe. And the reason for that is that there's no international long-haul business travel. So the airlines can't fill the front of the planes. And based on traditional airline economics, if you can't fill the front of the plane with high-yield business and, and uh, first-class travelers, then you can fill the entire back of the plane with so many people in coach that are sitting on the wings and you do not make any money. Uh, and that's what's happening now. So the irony is that, let me give you a, an example. Eight weeks ago, my airfare, one-way ticket from Los Angeles to New York on American Airlines was a whopping $92. Today, it's $650. And the irony is, it is cheaper for me to fly today from New York to Athens or Milan than it is to fly from New York to Los Angeles. And so the real bargains are going to be found when you combine those great airfares with countries where the U.S. dollar exchange rate is so unbelievably favorable to us. Countries like Turkey, countries like South Africa, uh, and when they open up, countries like Argentina, where the U.S. dollar is absolutely king. So there are deals out there. You just have to look at them a different way. Yeah, and I guess you just have to pay attention to what they're doing in those areas as far as the uh, COVID-19 and all these different variants uh, is concerned. Well, interestingly enough, Jeff, the metrics have changed. You know, we've gone from a public health issue in many cases to an economic one. The, one of the reasons why the European Union's 27 countries are now opening to Americans who are vaccinated has nothing to do with the levels of vaccination in those countries. It has to do with that, that none of those countries wants to have another summer without revenue from travel and tourism. People forget travel and tourism is the largest industry in the world. It's on average, 11% of each country's GDP. But in many of the examples I'm giving you, it's close to 19 or 20% of their GDP. That's staggering. That's number one. Number two, it's one out of every 10 jobs, and it's one out of every five new jobs. So a lot is hanging on this. And so the metrics have changed where we're no longer looking at the vaccination levels of where we're going. We're looking at our own vaccination levels to give us the reason to go. So as America tops 70%, that's when the European Union opens up to vaccinated Americans. When we come back, more with travel expert Peter Greenberg and cookies. Yes, cookies. This is America Change Forever from CBS News Radio. Welcome back to America Change Forever from CBS News Radio. Let's continue our conversation with Peter Greenberg, Emmy-winning travel news journalist. I was just in Africa. I was there last week. Now, I'm vaccinated, but the actual vaccination percentage in Africa as a percentage of the population is staggeringly pathetic. It's about 6%. But it didn't stop me from going because if you behave responsibly and you're vaccinated, you feel free to go. And that's exactly what I did. What part of Africa? I was in Tanzania. Uh, I was in Dar es Salaam and in Zanzibar. Oh, wow. Yeah, I, uh, I happen to grow up or spend some of my childhood in Zimbabwe, which is in Southern Africa. So I'm always interested in. Oh, yeah. Well, listen, speaking of dollar exchange rate, then you remember well when about eight million Zimbabwe dollars bought you a Diet Coke. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. It's so, it was so unfortunate because it's uh, it's really a beautiful country, but all sorts oh, of absolutely. political turmoil, unfortunately. All right. So since I won't be able to travel back to the continent of Africa this summer, I have planned some driving 
drips here in the U.S. I do love seeing this country. Is there a part of the country that you think uh, would be good to visit where you might get some deals? Um, I don't know. What do you think? Well, you know, this is the summer where America gets to rediscover itself uh, with, with trips of between three and 400 miles from where we live. Uh, we take so much for granted that now is the time to get out there and see it. And you don't necessarily have to drive the interstates to do it. Secondary and tertiary cities that truly were involved in the making of America, uh, you know, as the railroads made America, as the riverboats made America, and later on, you know, you could actually acknowledge the interstate highways that made America. But for me, you know, you don't necessarily have to go to the coasts. Um, you know, Los Angeles is going to be jammed. San Francisco is going to be jammed. The Florida, Florida and South Carolina and Georgia are going to be jammed. But what about Indiana, Wisconsin, Michigan, Minnesota? Uh, you know, the, Oklahoma has has more lakes than Minnesota, and people don't know it. Uh, so there is an opportunity here to get in your car, and because of the rental car situation, it will be your car. Uh, it's just easier under 400 miles to BYOC, bring your own car, uh, don't even attempt a rental car, and get out there and see the country. But you don't have to necessarily take the, the interstate, and you certainly don't have to go to the, to the primary cities. Go to the secondary and tertiary cities. Um, you know, Milwaukee instead of Chicago, uh, you know, Providence instead of Boston. Uh, you know, you can do the East Bay area of California instead of San Francisco. Everything is out there now and it's available. And for the moment, it's not overpriced. And for the moment, it's not overcrowded. And in the last week, you know, I was in Milwaukee, Peter. And so what uh, what you are saying here resonates with me because I that's another place where I used to live. Um, I know I keep talking about where I used to live, but, uh, in this job, I've traveled all over the country and the world for that matter, but I love Milwaukee. It is, in my view, one of those underrated cities in this country. It is beautiful. It's on the, the lake. Yeah. Milwaukee's great. I mean, listen, you used to live in that area. I used to live in Madison, so I know Wisconsin and it's a wonderful state. And it's not just America's Dairyland. There's, you know, there are eleven tribal Indian nations in Wisconsin that are worth visiting um, and learning about our history. Um, and Milwaukee itself is my secret airport for Chicago. If you look in the parking lot at Mitchell Field in Milwaukee, one third of the cars have Illinois plates. What does that tell you? What do they know? They know it's a better place to fly out of. Um, and on the East Coast, my secret airports. I mean, and they really work. Islip. MacArthur Field out in New York, outside of, out on Long Island. I, I use that every chance I get other than LaGuardia because it's so much easier. Uh, Oakland instead of San Francisco is the same way. Um, it's it's a, a much better deal. Peter, I know you travel all over the world for your job as a travel editor. Where are you right now? I'm actually in, in Hawaii. I'm shooting one of my shows here. And um, they are out of control. Uh, they have more people than they can handle here. Hotels are at 100% occupancy. You can't get into a restaurant because they have no reservations. Plus, they don't have any staff. The traffic is unbearable. None of the none of the Hawaiian Islands were set up for this, even though they did a very good job of cutting themselves off during the pandemic to protect the you know America's only island state. So they have a huge sort of a an Ibsen play challenge here, because their entire economy is tourism driven, and they need the visitors to come back. But there are now too many of them. The mayor of Maui just appealed yesterday to the airlines 
to, to fly less planes to Maui. Can you hear this? They want to fly fewer flights. So it's a it's a real challenge here. And this is just the pent-up demand that's causing this surge in travel? This is the pent-up demand with a lot of money parked on the sidelines for 15 months. So at the luxury level, it's even more out of control. If you wanted to fly your private jet to Maui right now, you could fly it there. They may not be able to park it there. Their, their airport is overcrowded with, with, with personal luxury jets right now. But real estate right now is out of control. The hotels are getting $800 to $1,200 a night for a room, and no one's blinking. Um, this is also true in California. Um, and people don't seem to care about spending that money right now. It's just coming out of the woodwork. Have all the hotels come back all around the country, or is that localized to high-priority vacation destinations like Hawaii? Let's get down to a definition of the word open. I was at a Hilton hotel about three weeks ago that had that was open, but had no housekeeping staff. I was at a Marriott that had one very tired woman working at the restaurant for the entire restaurant. So if you wanted to wait three and a half hours for a cheeseburger, that's the place you want to go. Uh, and so they have nobody coming back to work of any substantial number. So how can they say they're open to 100% capacity? Well, there's your, there's, your, you know, there's your challenge because they want to sell every room they have, but they can't sustain it and they can't support it. And that's probably going to stay the case until September when kids go back to school and the workforce says, okay, I guess I have to go back to work now. Because right now they're not coming back. In, I'll give you the wildest example. In Maui, the restaurants there took out ads in the newspapers offering jobs to people to bus tables at $45 an hour, and nobody showed up for the interviews. Now, I was going to say, it's actually scary because uh, they can't find anybody to staff anything. And, and uh, so they may be open, but they can't provide the service. And the really big problem, Jeff, is how the travel industry, you know, run by accountants in many cases, may use, the, may use COVID as an excuse to cut costs across the board and cut service, which will redefine hospitality. You know, I, I predict there'll be hotels out there with no housekeeping. I predict there'll be hotels out there with no room service. I predict there'll be hotels out there with grab and go instead of a restaurant. And, uh, and these are hotels with very big brand names that charge a lot of money for those rooms. So get ready. Well, how do you think their customers are going to react to that? Will people really pay for hotel rooms that are not maintained by housekeeping? You know what? It's going to redefine hospitality. Look, one of the reasons why recreational vehicle sales went skyrocketing in the last year and a half is because people could have their self-contained quarantine mobiles and only stop for food at grocery stores and gas, never have to go to a hotel, never have to pack or unpack, never have to have contact with any other human beings. So we're getting to the point now where we're so siloed that, you know, at least half of us are sort of like used to it. The other half want to get back and have, uh, you know, want to get back to the office and want to get back to human interaction. But I never, never give the hotels the opportunity to justify cutting costs because they will. You know, it reminds me of when the airlines started trying to charge for seats and luggage. They told us that was only going to be temporary, but it seems like it is here to stay. They set a dangerous precedent. I'll give you, yesterday I did my one-hour Facebook Live. I do it every week as a, like a global travel update. And my rant yesterday, which I had no idea it would get so much traction, was this. Whenever I used to travel on, let's say, American Airlines, and they came around in the coach section, they would hand you, when they gave you your beverage, you know, whatever that was, uh, a pack a little pack of Biscoff cookies, right? 
and the Biscoff cookies were two cookies to the pack. Guess what? Now when they come by, they hand you a pack of Biscoff cookie, and it's one cookie, and it's smaller. <laughs> I love those cookies. That is a highlight for me, getting those cookies, and you know what? One is not enough. I know. Well, listen, if you actually ask people what they value, people ask me, you know, did you like your flight? I said, did I, did I have a nice flight? I landed. I'm alive. So I wasn't on the plane for the rich Corinthian leather or the Broadway show tunes that the flight attendants weren't going to perform on board. I was on the plane to go from A to B and not die and have a Biscoff cookie. That's <laughs> <laughs> not so asking for too you take much. Away my, you take away my Biscoff cookie, I, I have no hope. To, I have no more hope. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, the airlines have only themselves to blame because they marketed this luxury in the sky experience, uh, which never was there in the first place. So we're always disappointed. Always. I mean, literally, always disappointed. But, it's, it, but, but what do we value? We value, like, your Biscoff cookie. You take that away, you know, the fight really starts. Forget we're not wearing masks. I'm going to get violent without my Biscoff cookie, you know. When we come back, we've seen a number of clashes on airplanes or in airports over masks. Coming up, I'm going to ask Taylor Garland, who represents flight attendants, how common these clashes are now that more Americans are traveling again. Stay with us. This is America Change Forever from CBS News Radio. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with bite clear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome back to America Change Forever from CBS News Radio. Jeff Begay's with Taylor Garland, who is a spokesperson for the Association of Flight Attendants. All right, what are we seeing in the skies? I know what kind of video we're seeing every now and then, which is flight attendants scuffling with passengers who don't want to wear masks. What, so what's going on up there? Well, what we've seen this year is unlike anything we've seen throughout uh, really the history of commercial U.S. aviation. Everyone is at a stress level 10, and that's borne out in social, viral social media videos a lot of these incidents of unruly passengers on board have to do with mask compliance. And right now, there is still a mask mandate in place for uh, U.S. aviation and other forms of transportation through September 13th. So if you're traveling for uh, a holiday or a summer vacation, you just need to know that you need to wear your mask at all times when you're on the plane and in the airports. Are flight attendants getting training for how to deal with people who become unruly because they don't want to wear these masks? Flight attendants are trained in de-escalation during our initial training and recurrent training. So we already have a lot of these skills. But the mask issue is definitely something new because we're seeing tensions from both sides of the issue. People who don't want to wear masks and are being non-compliant 
And then passengers who are wearing masks and getting enraged that their fellow passenger isn't complying. Um, so this is definitely a new type of issue on board. And what we've seen from the FAA is a zero tolerance policy, meaning that if something happens up in the air and your flight has to be met by law enforcement, there's going to be consequences on the ground. And so that's something that is new this year, was put in place January 13th after the issues we saw following before and following uh, January 6th. And that has been extremely helpful for flight attendants as a deterrent. I don't want to put you on the spot, but I guess I will by asking you, do you have numbers backing up uh, this uh, trend? Yes. So one, we know uh, we're conducting a survey right now of our members to just get their experience on the line over the last six months. But the FAA has been very transparent about the issues um, that have been reported to the administration. And what we've seen is over 3,000 incidents just this year of unruly passengers, and they've opened a number of cases and fined actually over 60 passengers already. And so we are on track to beat every other year in the past with unruly incidents. So the numbers are definitely backing it up. And so what do you expect to see for the rest of the summer? Obviously, the holiday weekend is a big travel time. What are you expecting to see? More of the same, which is people getting back to the skies, trying to get back to their normal routine, whether it's business related or travel related? Well, so what we expect to see over the rest of the summer is definitely full flights. Uh, We expect, unfortunately, for the unruly passenger issue to continue to an extent. Um, We are starting to see small signs that the zero tolerance policy and the clear communication and media stories around fines and unruly incidents are are starting to have an effect to deter people, make them think twice before acting out on board. Um, But we also want to make sure that passengers know what to expect. A lot of people coming back to the skies this year haven't flown since before the pandemic. And so a few things are different, like you have to wear a mask at all points when you travel. And people also aren't used to being around so many other people in such a confined space after 15 months of social distancing, working from home, things like that. So passengers need to come with an expectation of uh, being around people and wearing their mask. And if everyone extends a little bit of kindness, we can get through the flight without an event. And we want to get to the destination just as quickly as you do. So if everyone can join together, we should be successful in doing that. I was on a flight recently and I couldn't help but notice how this flight attendant was paying close attention to someone who, yes, was wearing a mask, but seemed to have a, a phobia about flying. And I was so impressed by how patient the flight attendant was while also Uh, dealing with the other passengers, she paid particular attention to this passenger who was clearly disturbed by flying. And I I was just really impressed with her patience, to be quite honest. Yes, flight attendants uh, are aviation's first responders in the sky. And we also do a lot of emotional work, um, consoling and making sure passengers are comfortable, whether that be a fear of flying, an issue with the person you're sitting next to, or a lot of people bring their stress and anxieties about where they're going on to the plane. Are you traveling for a funeral or to see a sick family member? Um, You know, we've dealt with a lot. And so we can be pretty agile in the air. Taylor, thank you for your time. 
Thank you so much. That was Taylor Garland with the Association of Flight Attendants. Stay with us. This is America Change Forever from CBS News Radio. Up next, what about those rising gas prices? Welcome back to America Change Forever from CBS News Radio. Jeff Begay's with Andrew Gross with AAA. Andrew is a public relations manager for the American Automobile Association, where he manages media relations for AAA's Foundation for Traffic Safety and Public Affairs. According to AAA, get this, the average price of gas is up over $3. I paid $4 recently, and boy, did that hurt. So, Andrew, what is there still a problem with gasoline supply across this country? We know there was an issue after the Colonial Pipeline ransomware attack, but do the problems persist? It depends on where you are. We know that there are some spot areas where certain stations are running out of gasoline, but it does it doesn't involve supply. There's plenty of gasoline in, the, in our country. It's really a shortage of tank truck drivers. Uh, it's a very specialized business being a driver of a gasoline tanker. And during COVID last year, you know, there was a lot less demand for these drivers. So a lot of them went off and got other jobs. And so now demand is ramping back up, but there's a lag in terms of drivers. So there are certain places we've seen it in the Pacific Northwest, Northern California, some places in Colorado and Iowa, where smaller market independent stations are running out of gas. Um, What we're telling people is, look, if you pull into one of those stations and the pumps are covered, chances are the gas station across the street or down the road will have gasoline. So this is not a widespread thing. It's very spotty at most. But how is it impacting the price at the pump? Well, it's not. The price at the pump is being driven by demand. More people are driving. So we're seeing that uh, gasoline prices are stubbornly staying staying over $3 a gallon. Normally, they would have dipped. You know, they would have dipped after Memorial Day. They've always sort of dropped a little bit uh, and then ramped back up for uh, Fourth of July travel. We didn't see that this year. And that's because people were hitting the road early and they stayed on the road. There is a pent up demand for travel, and that is just causing more people to go and buy gas. So prices are staying above $3, and they're likely to stay above $3 and even creep higher for the rest of the summer. Look, there is no gas shortage. We want to just take that out of the lexicon because we are so worried that it will create what we saw during the Colonial Pipeline thing where you had all that crazy panic shopping, you know, and the, the people putting gas in bags. I mean, <laughs> and that just, what a disaster that created. So we're really hoping that we don't see that now. We, you shouldn't. And my, my fervent hope is that uh, no one comes across a gas station that's out of gas, <laughs> gas anywhere. And if they do, go across the street. Please go across the street. <laughs> what about, you know, there are a lot of people these days who are buying EVs, electric vehicles. And so I'm wondering, what about the infrastructure? Say you're someone who is traveling this holiday weekend. What about the infrastructure for EVs? Has it been built out enough where you can actually get across the country in your electric vehicle? 
Yes and no. I mean, uh, EV uh, infrastructure is in in its infancy. But remember, the number of EV vehicles, while, you know, you look around, you think, wow, there are a lot of electric vehicles out there. It's minuscule compared to the number of, uh, you know, gasoline-powered vehicles. So we don't really think that that's going to be a big issue. And most people now, if you have have an EV, you also have a certain level of – I don't know, maybe um, sophistication in terms of having an app on your phone, because in order to buy an EV, you, you've already had to overcome your range anxiety. That's the one thing that hinders people from buying an EV in the first place. You're worried about, will you be able to drive far enough and then find a place to recharge it? So you've already overcome that. You probably have an app on your phone that shows you all along the route you're going, every place that you can stop to recharge. So you have that. And we know that there are places now across the country that you can stop and recharge your car. So that should not be a problem. But the vast majority of the people driving are going to be in an old fashioned uh, gasoline powered car. So let's let's talk about EVs. They're just a, you know, as you noted, a, a small percentage of the overall driving public. Uh, but it is a growing segment. I mean, as you know, Andrew, a lot of uh, automakers are going full speed ahead, so to speak, on electric vehicles. Uh, so what what are you seeing in terms of development of the infrastructure and the, uh, the ease, of, ease of use, if you will? What are you seeing across the country? And is it one of those uh, segments of the motor vehicle industry that AAA is having to address more? We're still getting mostly questions about gasoline-powered cars. Certainly our uh, emergency roadside services are still classic car breakdowns, flat tires, people getting their cars locked in. You don't really get a lot of emergency calls for someone with a battery issue. Uh, But that also could be because they're just, as compared to combustion engine vehicles, they're just so few electric vehicles really on the roads yet, but that will change. And I think the automakers realize that consumers are much more interested in electric vehicles than ever before. And they're responding by declaring that they're going to start building more and more electric vehicles. And I know that there's some talk that electric vehicles will be the majority of cars sold within the next 10 years, which is you know, entirely possible, but I have no crystal ball on it. I've bought into this EV thing and i've already taken some trips across the country uh well really down south from washington dc and at first i had that range anxiety is what they call it where you're just concerned about how far you can really drive in these things and will you be able to drive far enough and what i like about uh, a lot of these automakers is that Uh, Once you punch your destination into the GPS, along the route, it tells you where to stop before you run out. And then once you stop, for example, in in the Tesla, you can watch movies while you uh, charge up. And it takes about 20 minutes at a supercharger, uh, which I usually use that as a, a restroom break because I'm getting older. But you can eat, you can, you know, stretch your legs a little and I can see how it might be the wave of the future, but there's still a lot of hiccups in the system. Well, sure. I mean, it, it, and it should, it, if you, depending on which type of electric vehicle you have, you shouldn't be stuck only using a charging station that's designed just for your vehicle. Ideally, 
any vehicle, any electric vehicle should be able to be charged anywhere along the way. But we're, as we're at the beginning of this and every innovation is going to have its hiccups along the way. So we, we, we're hopeful that we will get there to that point where, uh, you know, your range anxiety will be assuaged by the fact that you know that, okay, I know that at point X, I will be able to charge up. And if I pull into a place and, you know, all the, you know, a bunch of the charging stations are full, at least I can pull in over here and plug in my car and get charged, which is also a good thing because we always advise people anyway, stop every couple hours while you're driving and get out of the car and walk around because it really helps in clearing road fog, which is a big problem. You know, it leads to distractions when you're driving, which is really easy, particularly particularly when you're on those somewhat monotonous highway you know, vacation trips, we all know it. You can, you just get, you can kind of get a little bit of that road fog. So having to stop and recharge your car every couple hours, that's actually beneficial because you can get out, walk around, take a breath of air, watch a movie, engage your mind in something else other than just staring at the road. More to come on America Change Forever from CBS News Radio. Man, that sunset is gorgeous grill patio sunset hard to get better than that unless you're browsing carvana's inventory while you soak it all in oh burger time so sit back get comfortable carvana's got thousands of cars under twenty thousand dollars just waiting for you i could stay here forever carvana where car buying meets comfort meets convenience download the app or visit carvana.com today Welcome back to America Change Forever from CBS News Radio. Let's pick up our conversation with Andrew Gross from AAA. What does AAA anticipate heading into the summer and beyond as more people leave home on vacation, take these family trips? What are you looking out for? Well, we know that just at as we're forecasting now for this Independence Day five-day uh, weekend period, 47.7 million Americans are going to be traveling, and that's by all modes of transportation. Um, and that's almost a record. It's just a hair under 2019, which was a peak year. And in fact, a record number of people are going to be traveling by car this year. Uh, almost 44 million, like 43.6 million, are projected to travel by car this period. And we think that this portends for a very robust summer travel season. Uh, so we just think it's the car is sort of what people are going to be using this summer. Uh, and that and there are a number of factors for that. Um, international travel is down right now due to COVID. You know, a lot, there are a lot of COVID restrictions uh, in international destinations and folks might not want to travel overseas and then have to quarantine for a week or so. Uh, and also cruising is down. People are booking cruises, but it's more for like 2022, 2023. Um, and plus car travel right now for most people, it just feels more comfortable. You know, you're able to decide when you're going to leave, where you're going to stop, who's in the car with you. So that's why we think that more people are going to be uh, going to be traveling. Plus, not everybody's vaccinated yet, right? So uh, you may be taking a family trip and while the adults are vaccinated, your kids might not be. So it also enables you to be a little safer in the car and you can also choose where you where you stop along the way. 
So there are a number of factors at play here. Are there any parts of the country that you expect people to discover more? Are people heading to the beaches? Are people heading to the big cities? Uh, or is it just, uh, you know, they're doing whatever they can just to get out of their house? <laughs> uh, that's a great question. And it's a little bit of both. It kind of depends on how much time you have. You know, the um, 4th of July travel period, it's five days. So it's a little condensed. So what we are expecting folks to be doing is you're going to be seeing some of the classic travel destinations, your beaches, uh, the theme park. Uh, cities like Orlando and Anaheim, but also the great outdoor places like uh, Denver and even Seattle, despite the heat, you know, Seattle is still going to be uh, a number one destination just because it's such a beautiful place. So you're, you're going to see a lot of some of the traditional uh, travel destinations reemerge, certainly from last year, because, or you know, Anaheim and Orlando were not at the top of anybody's list last year, but they're back now. And that is this week's America Change Forever. You can download previous episodes wherever you download your podcasts. Also, you can follow me on Twitter, Jeff Begay's CBS, and on Instagram, Jeff Begay's 6. My thanks to Paul Woody Woodhull in District Productive. For Gil Gross, I'm Jeff Begay's, and that is how America Change Forever. Get one of the most successful broadcasts in television history on your schedule with the 60 Minutes podcast. Hard-hitting investigative reports, news, and culture maker interviews, and in-depth profiles are waiting for you in every episode. Listen to 60 Minutes ad-free on Wondery Plus.